This is Joseph Gervasi. I'm here with Adam Baum, a.k.a. Adam Avery. Uh, it's February 16th, 2013. We are at the International House Philadelphia, and this is part of the Loud Fast Philly series. Hi, Adam. Hello. Uh, so I guess uh, we'll start with baby Adam, early Adam, um, you know, where you grew up, uh, something of your early life. Grew up mostly in the media area, and... Uh, and like moved to Philly when I was a teenager. So a teenager, like me, teen? like when I was seventeen. Okay. Uh, what part of Philly did you move to? Um, Center City, Thirteenth and Chestnut, right over the East Side Club. Okay, oh, nice. yeah. uh, And then was this you moving there on your own? I mean, this is not. Yeah. The, was it? Okay. Right. Uh, what year were you born? Uh, Sixty-three. Okay. Uh, so I'm pushing fifty. Couple right. months on half a century. Very good. <laughs> You're still alive, <laughs> seemingly. So that, that's something. Um, so you came into Philly then, well, that would be what, 77-ish or so, probably like, 78? No, it would probably be, uh, I'd say like 80, 81. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, so at the time, were you involved in, in punk? Yeah, yeah, because uh, we started, we had like a bunch of punk bands that we started, well, I started. <laughs> we had the Liquidators, um, the Thes, the... Um, Subverts, the subversions, the op music, <laughs> a bunch of <laughs> just all these crazy yeah. things, and and then we started. Uh, Decontrol was a two-man band, and uh, so how do you do a two-man? Um, well, I played bass slash guitar with the bass string on an old ten-dollar guitar, <laughs> and and uh, I didn't really know how to play or anything. Uh, but I come up with some songs, and, and this one guy, there's a friend of mine, he, uh, he, he just yelled a lot over, yelled the lyrics over my thing. Because I had a, it, it all, my bass guitar, bass slash guitar went into a big muff, and then it went into a big giant Fender basement. Mm -hmm. And so, all turned up to, you know, 11. Okay. So, and we were just basically trying to ruin parties and stuff, you know. Because we play like after some guys playing like Leonard Skinner or something, right. you know. And, then, and and actually, we we developed it um, that we had this big clear tarpaulin that we put up and said decontrol on it, and we put that in front. That was our banner, but we put it in front of us. Uh -huh. oh, so they couldn't see. Yeah, and a bunch of colored lights, and so it was kind of hazy looking. Right. And they could only see us when we put our heads up to it, and every time we put our heads up to it, like a beer bottle would, you know, <laughs> go smash yeah, in best our face. Behind the sun. Yeah, so. So that almost was like a conceptual art kind of thing. That yeah, know. yeah, and that was back in high school. Yeah, because like, you know, we were just kind of disgruntled and stuff, and like everybody wanted to kill us because we, like punk rock, because back then, mm -hmm. You know, it was like a, you know, capital offense, you know, yeah. <laughs> to not like Leonard Skinner or Kansas or Foreigner or Journey, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, people wanted to kill you. So, yeah. so I guess I'll go back a little bit before I get into the, the bands, but um, so you you were of an age that you would have heard, you know, the earliest of these. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like what... You know, what were you listening to before these bands even existed? And Not much. I, I didn't like too much music before then. Um, I, I had a, like an Iggy Pop, uh, Raw Power. I liked that a lot. And like uh, like a David Bowie record. And that's about it. Mm -hmm. you know? So when you start to hear these 
punk bands coming in? Like, how, how are you first hearing this stuff and how? Yeah, the first I, first I read about in Time magazine, and I thought it looked kind of interesting. And then I on WMMR, they had Midnight Album Hour, and and it, it was the Sex Pistols, and they played the Sex Pistols album. And this was like I guess seventy six. Mm -hmm. no, so this record had just yeah just yeah just, just, just yeah you couldn't even get it yet mm -hmm. I don't think and uh, yeah you couldn't get it because <laughs> um, I tried like the next day but I listened to that and I recorded it on my little boombox uh -huh. and then I went running around walking around at school with that on my boombox and I like lost all my friends <laughs> you know and I cut my hair started wearing funny shirts and stuff and you know and. Uh, yeah, I, I basically lost all my friends except like a little core, you know. And uh, but I, it just that album just blew me away, and it just you know, because it was like music that, you know, it I could I could relate relate to the anger and the energy of it, and the, and the do it yourselfishness. You know, it wasn't yeah. like you know yes or something, you know, where you have to go to music school for 10 years, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, like these are not kids yeah. like you. Right, 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 because like all the, all the bands back then, you, I couldn't really relate to them because it was just so, you know, esoteric and, you know, you don't know what the hell they're singing about, yeah. you know. <laughs> so when you when you first hear this thing, do you feel, and, and you start to get involved in this, you know, and interested in it, do you feel like this is the thing that's happening now, like this is serious, cultural shift like do you get a feeling for like how big this thing is oh well, i thought it should be but i don't think it really was you know because um like i expected you know because it, it took so long for that uh like original punk sort of thing to absorb it took like maybe 10 20 you know what I mean? to become like sort of a mainstream thing which i don't necessarily like but you know <laughs> you know now there's all these little kids running around wearing like crass shirts and, and mohawks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? That was like 30 years ago, you know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, it is kind of surprising that, is this, is this really what a younger person is going to gravitate towards? Yeah, you know? I, yeah, because I, like, you know, I certainly wasn't interested in like Perry Como or Big Crosby <laughs> when I was a kid, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like, like 30 okay. years before, yeah, yeah. you know. I kind of like Glenn Miller actually then, but... <laughs> Yeah, but you probably weren't dressing. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I wasn't trying to look like Clint Miller. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Philly, uh, you know, if you're coming in here early 80s, uh, any sort of general impressions on like the, the state of Philly, distinctly then, you know, in, in comparison yeah. to now? Yeah, definitely. Because um, I guess, well, we first, you know, like had like our parents drive us down, like see the dead Kennedys and stuff, you mm -hmm. know, and... and uh, so I kind of got a, you know, before I moved down here, and, and it was like, uh, you know, and see the clash and stuff like that, and you could sort of see the little burgeoning punk scene around here. And then uh, when I moved down here, it was like the uh, sadistic exploits. They were like the, I guess, the, the most well-known local punk band then. There was hardly any punk bands, though, mm -hmm. around then, because like, just a handful. It's not like now, you know, because like we entered some musical conference thing like a couple years ago, and there's 450 bands. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like everybody <laughs> is in a band. You know, but back then it wasn't like that. You know, it was it was just a little handful, and we became like very tight knit. 
you know, with those people, especially like the sadistic exploits, because they, they were, um, you know, playing all the little clubs and stuff and little, you know, do-it-yourself halls and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess your means of communication, you know, obviously much tighter than they yeah, are now. Yeah, yeah, because so. like, like back then, you know, if I was walking around in a mall or something out in the suburbs and you see another guy with funny hair, you know, you go up and talk to him because it's yeah. another punk rocker. You yeah, know, yeah, everybody yeah. else, they all look like they're from Leonard Skinner or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. It's like you, you actually, oh, a punk rocker, hey, man, and you go up and shake hands with him and everything. Or yeah, you meet him yeah. in a 7-Eleven. Yeah, because you know, that T-shirt's telling yeah, you, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm like, wow, the guy has a black flag shirt, man, look at that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and that's how I got a lot of friends, you know? Because uh, it's like, wow, yeah, you guys, you know? And then, you know, so... And then uh, Richie, our guitarist, uh, he he um, he played like in this cover band, this punk cover band, and they had like a battle of the bands at the high school, and um, you know so that's how I became friends with him, and because he he like they played like punk stuff, you know, like the Clash and Sex Pistols and things like that and Ramones. And people wanted to kill him, of course. They actually had to be escorted out of the Battle of the Bands at high school by the police. <laughs> and they actually took um, our first drummer, Keith, who drummed for them, the Sopping Hots. And they, these big guys took him and threw him in the bushes and everything. You know, beat him up. And, you know, this other guy had his, like, his, all his tires slashed on convertibles, <laughs> convertible top. Because of your musical taste, yeah, okay? Yeah, right. You know, it's I like, guess it does start to, to get those people who have that taste really tightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it truly really is a right, fuss against the right, world. Because right. it's, like, it's kind of like being, like a, I guess, like a rebel in Libya or something. You know, it's yeah. like you got to be tight-knit, you know, because yeah. everybody wants to get it. Yeah, who else <laughs> the trust but the person. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so what clubs were kind of were operational in Philly you know, early on when you kind of when you first moved here? Well, I came in just I guess like just at when the hot club was like closed, just closed or something, and so I, I never got there. And then, but like the East Side Club, and uh, so where's the, the East Side? The club? Love Club that was Thirteenth and Chestnut. Okay, right. And, and then and, and, and uh, Love Hall was on. Uh, Love Hall was on. I think it was broad. broad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was uh, what's the name of the I'm getting old. Bacchanal. Mm -hmm. And then there was um, the Kennel Club. And and then there was like, you know, people's basements and stuff. Like, um, in the early days we used to uh, practice at the West Side Club. Um, at this guy, Lenny Crunch, he used to put on a ton of shows a year ago. This would be what Yeah, okay, yeah, you gotta, yeah. Just talk to Lenny if you get a chance. Because yeah, so he, he put on a ton of, tons of shows and stuff. Um, he was a great guy, and uh, he we'd play in his basement in this uh, house in West Philly, and, and actually like Husker Du played there and stuff. Yeah. And this is the basement of the house, you know, yeah, Detroitson and everything, and and a lot of bands would come through there, and it's just this basement. But it was really cool, you know, because it was like do it yourself, and everybody got along, and you know. Nothing commercial about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's certainly no money to be made yeah. you know, in that kind of stage. Um, so you go, you you have a two-person band. Eventually. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, through my friendship with Richie, he wanted to, uh, and, and his drummer, they wanted to uh, play along. And I was like, uh oh, because <laughs> you know I hardly know how to play, and but I had a bunch of songs and stuff, and he's like, wizard guitarist, you know. Um, and so was Keith, the drummer, 
uh, just total naturals, you know. Uh, they could play any sort of music they want, you know, you teach them a song, it's like instant. They know a song before you show it to them, like, or even something on the radio, they'll just know how to play it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so I, I decided I had to get serious, you know, and actually learn how to play and stuff. So I, I, I initially started playing with guitar and then I, I started playing bass because Richie was just so much better, so. Mm -hmm. and, then the rest is history. <laughs> so you start playing the, the different clubs around the yeah. city, and then who are you playing with? Like, who are you the friend bands that you were you know, most friendly with? Um, well, like locally, I guess Sadistic Exploits and like uh, Informed Sources, those guys. Did they ever record anything out of those bands? Uh, Sadistic Exploits did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've never yeah. come across. Well, they used to make their own armbands and stuff, and everybody had a Sadistic Exploit armband. They had like No England symbol. On it. <laughs> You know, everybody had those. <laughs> you know, but uh, they were real cool. They, they kind of actually did a lot of pushing, you know, and they actually put on like the big punk fest at 13th and Fitzwater. That was our first big gig. So when's that? Uh, about? It was 1981. Okay. It was like the first big punk gig, I think. So who do you remember who was playing that? Um, well, Antipasti was supposed to show up. Oh, from up. Italy? Yeah. And then, um, but it was like autistic behavior, us, deformed, uh, not deformed, informed sources, and statistic exploits. And the proteins, which is like an early version of the prisoners. Okay. And, uh, and it was great, you know, it was packed. It was, you know, and, and that place was a great place. They had a bunch of punk fests until like, I think it was Husker Du, and the floor broke. Because yeah. everybody was pogoing. Right. <laughs> Were there issues with uh, police there, or, or or even neighborhood issues? Yeah, well? yeah, there was. Because like back then, the police were like uh, just licensed thugs. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, and, I, was, I was talking to Cordy Swope from Ruin, and he was saying that a lot of these clubs would pay off the police, right? Money, drugs, right? Men or women, oh, and yeah. they would you know allow the clubs to, to do these events, yeah. but. Certainly, the, yeah. Was never My girlfriend used to work at a bar for a cop who owned it, and I'm not naming names. <laughs> but but I went to a party there, like after hours, and he had big canisters, like you know, flower canisters and everything, mm -hmm. you know, and those old-fashioned sugar canisters and right. stuff, filled with cocaine and meth and what you know. So whatever. was this something like he confiscated or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said, he "Oh, oh, oh! All you gotta do is, uh, you know, if it runs low, I just go down to projects, bust some nigger over the head." It's like, great, great. That's your tax dollars at work, you know. So, and that's where like our song "Philly Cops Leave Me Alone" comes yeah, from, you know. Yeah. And and like, I remember at one point there was a gig on Cater Street, uh, behind South Street, uh, and they had permits and everything. And there was like a couple bands were playing. I forget who. But the cops just blocked off both ends of the place and just came in swinging with truncheons and everything. You know, and they're like hitting girls over the head and everything. And they took like, I ended up running too fast, but they caught like a lot of my friends and, and like just girls doing nothing and everything. Nobody was doing anything. And yeah, there was no reason for it. No reason whatsoever, yeah. except, you know, we just don't like punks. Yeah. And, and they threw them all in jail for like the night. You know, and I like called and, and I tried to get like the, uh, you know, tried to complain about it. Then they started threatening me, like they're going to get me, you know. 
And then they released everybody the next day. And somehow it was just like a hassle thing. So you can't really get them in trouble if they like release you at a certain time. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like no, there were no charges yeah. that stuck. Right. Like, went forward right. In the court right. system. So, right. yeah. No, the cops in this town used to be awful. Yeah. And I don't know, I think they're better now. They were just awful. Yeah, from the stories that I've heard over the years, it couldn't possibly be as bad. Right, as they, they, they scared me a lot more than the, you know, because at Thirteenth and Chestnut, now it's like all gentrified and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But back then it was like kind of medieval, you know, and uh, you know I felt secure because I had tons of spikes all over the place. Yeah, you're tall. You know, and I kind of looked yeah. psychotic and you know with tons. Of, I looked like I'm from Road Warriors or something. <laughs> so, but I was more scared of the cops than any weirdo I've ever met on the street, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess the cop ultimately has the license right, to do whatever right, they want. Right, they're like James hey, Bond, yeah, you know, they got the license to you, kill. Yeah, you know, big, right, 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 yeah, right, yeah, right. So were your parents, I mean, they knew obviously that you were involved in this, mm -hmm. in this punk, did they have issues with, you know, as a young person, with your involvement in this? Thing? No, not at all, actually, I used to practice in the basement, you know, when I was a kid. They just didn't like it when all the beer cans started piling. Okay. Which shouldn't have really happened. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, uh, you know, it's funny, I'm still doing it. <laughs> yeah, so how is it that, you know, all these years later, you still manage to retain this sort of connection into, into punk? Um, I, well, I still, I still, I still kind of feel the same inside as I did then. You know, I don't feel like I changed as a person, really, you know for better or worse, but, you know, I've always kind of been an outsider, I would, and things like really, it really pisses me off, you know, like, just society in general, mm -hmm. you know, all the hypocrisy and that, all that shit that happens, you know, it's just, so I, I still feel that way, and actually I'm kind of turning into an angry old man now, you know, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I, I still, I still love that energy of playing and stuff. I don't listen to punk. I don't listen to punk rock all day anymore. But, no, that wouldn't be. So but um, you know, I listen to everything. You know. So you feel that the. But I love playing it. I love you yeah. know still killing myself on stage. You know, giving it my all. You know, it's kind of like a big release. Yeah. You know. I imagine that that must play a factor, kind of keeping you feeling young and connected to things. Cause, yeah. You know, it's it's a very sort of physical. Right. right. It's like primal way. primal scream therapy or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I guess since you've had such a, a long involvement in this thing, you've probably seen a lot of changes coming, you know, through that scene over the years. Because you, if you're kind of like coming in every few years and playing, you're seeing, you know, some old heads uh -huh. and then this kind of new, yeah. new faces. You know, mm -hmm. how how has that kind of struck you over the years to see? It's kind of weird, you know, because yeah. is you know, I, there's been like some old fans come in with their kids. Who are also into punk and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. I mean, it, it has to be a strange thing to be on the ground floor or something. You know, it's beginning. Yeah. Late like uh -huh. seventies. Yeah, I, I just, I just kind of hate when, when like, um, I go somewhere and nobody ever heard of Decontrol. You know, and it's supposed to be like a punk gigger, but nobody, you know, it's just all forgotten. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like sometimes I look at like um, the thing on Facebook, old, old pictures of Philadelphia and stuff. And once in a while, you come and say, "I never knew that existed." It's like, and there, you know, there was something I came across the other day. It was like the big Armory Hall or something, and it was like this grand place. It was like eighteen nineties, and mm -hmm. I never heard of it. You know, it was like in Fishtown or something. It's like they had this 
huge glass ceiling thing and yeah you know, it's like yeah. you know but it, I, sometimes I kind of feel like that you know it's yeah. like <laughs> well, I guess a lot of I mean, Philly kind of got overlooked because New York DC so I suppose you know as, as history gets written Philly sometimes unfortunately sort of gets written out of that history because we had such two you know massive beacons you know, above yeah. and below us. Yeah, and well, another thing I think is that um, I think it's kind of a good thing. I always thought of it as a good thing, but Philly scene has always been like really um, broken. It was never homogenous. You know what a DC band sounds like. Yeah, yeah. You know what Philly sounds like. Seattle sounds like. You know yeah. what New York sounds like. You know, but the, all the bands are so radically different. You know. Yeah, that's another one I think played the first pump fest, Stickman. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're like from Mars. You know, it's not necessarily a Philly sound. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and like all those bands I, I, I mentioned, they they all they all talent sound completely different. You know, mm -hmm. and they had their own. And I think that's why you don't have that. But I think talent wise, there's a lot more. You know. Yeah. Even in some of the regular bands I've seen. You know, non-punk bands. You know, like one, my, one of my favorite bands was the Daves. Mm -hmm. You know, and they they were like a, like a pop sort of band, but all original, and they were just amazing because they were super original, and that, that's I really like that. And that's one thing about Philly is that there's been a lot of originality. You know, not a lot of cookie cutter stuff. Yeah. But you see that in other towns though. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and like people will look down at you if you're not wearing the right thing, and you know, here everybody wearing totally different things, you know. And, yeah, because I imagine some people in, in the city are going to be kind of influenced by the neighborhoods that they grew up in as well. Yeah. I mean, did you did you see at the time, say, talking early mid '80s, were there divisions amongst people like based in class sense, like certain you know neighborhoods where if you were from this neighborhood, you know, you were perhaps more authentic than other ones, or or was that ever? Even I don't. To I don't up? think so. I don't think so. It never. That never really. Um, you know, everybody was kind of like on their own thing, and you know, if you want to look a certain way, sound a certain way, it's totally your deal, and people kind of accepted you for it. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of a bad thing as far as like Philly's identity, because there's no. Yeah, you know, there's no. Oh, oh, they're from Philly. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> Did you see a lot of uh, violence within the shows themselves? You know, not from the outside forces, but you know, kind of from within. The... No, okay. no. There was a there was a problem with a couple skinheads like in the early days, but not not much. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, there's like Nazi skinheads and stuff. You know, I remember they caused trouble at a Dead Kennedy show, but not not much of that. But usually, everybody pretty much all got together along. Great, you know. Yeah. You know? Did you see? I always, I always thought it was kind of funny because, like, general society thought like punks were sort of threatening and stuff, and it's like a church picnic, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, if they're, they're watching like chips. Yeah. And yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Quincy. Yeah. 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 They get this really yeah. hideous idea, yeah. but uh, right. Yeah. I mean, I suppose if all these kids are kind of ostracized from the real world, and they finally have a place where they're happy. Right. Each other, they're right. It's like you know, destroy this thing. Yeah. Did you see uh, a fair amount of substance abuse moving through the scene? Uh, yeah, there was a, like, I guess, like the mid-80s, there was a ton of meth, or crank, you know, and... So that hit punk as well as the, yeah, the, yeah, the rest of the world. Yeah, hit our band too, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen a lot of people go down because of that, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. talking to people, and then you know, from my own experience, I think we all kind of have this these people in our heads who have kind of moved through and were these kind of you know creative or interesting or driven forces, but that we wound up you know succumbing to this thing. And, right. Uh, yeah. 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 Like tons of people did that. You know. I, I tried it. I didn't. I, I didn't like it at all because it kept me up for like three days. I don't want to be up for three days. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Right, whatever. right. You know? <laughs> Party's over, but I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people apparently liked it enough to get hooked on it. So. Yeah. So was, was there ever a point that you sort of consciously moved away from, uh, from punk, or did you kind of always you know, stay in some capacity in this? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I moved to LA for a couple of years, but what were you I, doing there? Um, just working in the movies and stuff. You know, as a production assistant, and things like that. And uh, yeah, it's just you know, you know, we take a couple of years off here and there, too. But I think that's what keeps us going because we're kind of lazy and you know, never really had a big pressure. Thing. You know, we were supposed to go on tour with Discharge at one point, but it didn't pan out. Did you want to touring at all with the, the band, or just kind of playing in the area? No, yeah, we just, you know, we'd go up to New York, Atlantic City, yeah. you know, you know D.C., you know, but not, that's about, you know, it's like day trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe occasionally, like, two gigs here or there. Are you, were you all sort of working at the same time, where you had, you know, fairly demanding or solid jobs that you couldn't really... Uh, Not really, because I've always been a free freelance artist, you know. So, okay. you know, make websites and stuff. So I make my own, and generally the rest of the bands kind of that way. You know, they're in a position where they take that off. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, we we never really did that going around the country in a four to come line band or something, you know, because we'd probably kill each other then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it. it it has some advantage yeah. in that you're here uh -huh. now, and right. did, you know you right. don't hate your other band members. And but I just, stuff. I just never really saw the point unless there was like, you know, like we were going to go with Discharge because you know they were real popular that and would stuff, be and, and it would be, be like, you know, the gigs would be. But hell, you know, if we're going to play to like thirty people, we can do that here. You know, yeah, get yeah. paid ten bucks. You know, we yeah. can, we wouldn't have to go to Ohio to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we can do that around here. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You know, why have five hundred dollars worth of gas? You know, use that and then get paid. Like yeah, you know, half bucks. the story is the band is broken. How are we going to move this right, right, right. to right. the next yeah, space? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, that's good. Uh, so you're still playing now? You know, here and there uh, every few years. Mm -hmm. You think you're going to keep that up? Yeah, actually, we're gonna. Uh, we were supposed to be recording, but our our drummer Rob he uh, he like broke a rib, so. We were supposed to record like a couple of days ago, but oh, so there's gonna be a new record. Yeah, yeah. There's all new material and stuff. Because oh, we figured, you know, our new material is about eleven years old now. Mm. You know, so or, no, it's thirteen years old. <laughs> so so that, yeah. that's, that's what you're gonna be. Recording. Yeah. So yeah. so we got you know it's time to update. You know. Yeah. Are you are you putting this out or who's? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's really no record companies anymore. Yeah. Everybody's in their own. So. Yeah, it's good and, and the weird thing is like now it's like not worth like printing up tons of records and paying, you know, to have them printed up and stuff. You know, we'll probably have a couple hundred maybe. Yeah. 
So you're looking to do like CDs, CDs. But, but release it digitally. Because, yeah. you know, every month I get like a check, you know, from CD Baby and it's like from all these like just people listening on Spotify and stuff or downloading for free, uh. you know, and, and you get like 0.02%. But I'm wondering who's all these people listening, you know, I'd like to get them all together in one, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. show, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like apparently people keep downloading it and stuff, you know, and that's fine. You know, yeah, I mean, I guess if you've got, if you've got the entire world, which yeah. might not all, uh -huh. maybe not all Philly does that, but yeah. Yeah, there's like, you know, as we were talking about before, kind of, like there's a kid in Indonesia right. who's heard your records. So, yeah, I, 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 mean, so I sent things to Iran. Yeah, yeah. And I sent things to, um, where, like Belarus and, uh, you know, Czechoslovakia and, and like... Yeah, it's got to be it, the most amazing. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, in the 80s you would have had maybe like tape trading of people. Yeah, you know, here right. You've got this kind of like really worldwide. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Uh, yeah, so it must be kind of amazing to think that you can record something all these years ago and yet still now yeah. people are listening to it. Yeah, and really. You, can, you know, find it on eBay uh -huh. and someone's right. you know, having a fight over it. Right. And the guy in Japan is fighting with the guy uh -huh. in Germany for a copy of this thing or whatever. Well, that's another thing. I found like a, a really uh, album songs from the gut it for like 75 bucks on ebay it's like well, i got a whole bunch of them you know it's like yeah, maybe you just rich. Them on there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's cool uh yeah. but fantastic is there anything else that you wanted to uh, uh buy our record <laughs> that sounds good it's about come see us play fantastic thank you very much all right thank you